Burrito Radio Show is brought to you by 2B1 Entertainment. Two B One has a game called None Is Perfect Billiards. It is a game based on points, stroke play, pretty much. Uh, you get to find out what your score would be in comparison to the pros. It's one of the better games that's out there, and it's new and fresh for the 21st century. If you'd like to be on the players list or participate in one of the games or videos, contact None Is Perfect Billiards at nipbilliards at gmail.com. Get on the players list and take part in the fun today. Have you ever wondered how the pedicab industry got started? You know the guys and gals that travel people around town? Well, purchase the book Pedicab Hearsay, available on Amazon.com, both electronic and hard copy. Get the stories today. Hi, my name is Carol Wilson. I'm the owner of Fitness 360, a fitness boutique studio in Dallas, Texas. And you're listening to the Burrito Radio Show. Welcome to the Burrito Radio Show. We're out here in Enterprise, Alabama, and we have a special guest tonight. He goes by the name of Michael Reynolds. He grew up out here in Alabama. He actually has an audio book that's called Never Had a Chance. And it's a very interesting book because it has a very interesting story to tell. But the, one of the reasons why we're out here in Enterprise, Alabama is because of the philosophy and as well as uh, the history of the cultural uh, thought process in this area. And it's one of these areas that actually has what I call, uh, 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 they call it, they call it the, the, the uh, model of the, uh, of the city of enterprises, the city of progress. That is the slogan of uh, Enterprise Alabama. Uh, do me a favor, Michael Reynolds, and do, introduce yourself to the audience, please, to the Burrito Radio Show audience. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me on your show, Burrito Show. This is my man. Got much love, mad love for 2B1 Energy. My name is Michael Reynolds, a.k.a. Beezy Black, whatever you want to call me like that. But the message I have to say to my brother, he understand the culture of being from San Diego down the south of Alabama. Actually, I'm from the stars of Sirius. I was born in San Diego, but, but so it's like it's like the message that I had. You know, they said racism and what can we do to make uh, our lives better with police brutality and all that. See, down here it's, it's systematic. Down here, they don't police don't beat you up in broad daylight. They don't hang you no more down here. They beat you in the system. And what I'm saying with systematic, once you go through their system, it's like you're, you're, you're their database. You know, you're another person that's being counted as a statistic that it's like, like, it's like a real high percentage chance that you're gonna go back through the system. And the way it's developed down here is really, it's really getting dead like over years and years and years, decades are going by and it's still the same things going on. Okay, and uh, please tell us your age real quick. I'm 43 years old. I just turned 43 September 16th. And you were born and raised in this area, correct? Born and raised, Enterprise, Alabama. And, but you have been in other places. Yeah. So you have seen other things that really... Right. I've, I've been around, I've stayed in San Diego, that's why I met you. And then I, you know, I've been around. I, I definitely went to Detroit when I was young. And um, speak up, speak up, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I went to Detroit when I was young. So I, 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 I experienced the city life. And then I, you know, I we, we wound up back down here where, where my home was from. 
So, I mean, I've been around and it's like, I seen things and I, I, I educated myself on history and, you know, modern day things that are like every day in front of us that if we don't stay woke, we won't never ever see it. Now, the Burrito Radio Show is actually on the road doing a couple episodes, right? And um, being out here in Enterprise, Alabama, the, one of the differences uh, that I see, actually uh, a couple of differences, is one is that I don't hear any helicopters, any planes, any trains really like on a regular basis, any car traffic. It's very quiet and serene. At the same time, I really don't see that many police over here. Police segregating our t territory in California in comparison to Enterprise. Now, there might be police out here, but what I'm trying to say, these are the kind of differences of a place in the Deep South that actually has a history of severe racism, correct? Right. And then, like, will you talk about some of the racism that, in the history of this, but I talk about that. Oh, no, like, it's very, I mean, it's, it's like, in 1960, in a little small town in, in Newton, some people, some guys, black guys was hanged in the 60s. And then like like 20 years later in the 80s, like in Newton, Alabama, some guys was hanged again. So it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really systematic. Like I said, like once you get inside their system and their database as being a, a criminal, which they make you out a criminal by a speeding ticket. It's like if you decide people that like the people, the police don't heard your name or something being inside of something, so that you get you get stereotyped, and then uh, you you can just be kin to somebody that's that's been in the system, and then like they they're gonna uh, mortalize that, they're gonna push it to the push it to the gap, push it to the floor. And okay. do me a favor, real quick, because my audience might not be too familiar with where you come from, with Enterprise, Alabama. Please give them a little insight. For example. The audience may not know that Fort Rucker is very close to Enterprise, as well as other communities surrounding it. So please describe the area that you live in, please. Okay, like Fort Rucker, that's one of the uh, biggest uh, helicopter training based areas in the United States. I know it's a lot of people get trained to fly helicopters at Fort Rucker. And what, what really goes on around in these areas, the poor people like that inherited land and, and, and a few houses, if they can't keep their houses up to 20 year storm uh, capabilities, then they will go and tear these people's houses down. So what it's, do, what it's doing is getting like, when they say the city of progress is ready, they're targeting Fort Ricker because they know the military base people got, they fixing their credit, Uncle Sam is on their side. So like it's, like it's getting developed to like more getting rid of like the people that are uh, low income it's like they really don't even must make it really around here pretty much what you're talking about is gentrification there's what they call a removal of people of color and what's incoming are people of, of pale skin of european descent something like that right right right, right. that's correct and so therefore um it's causing a, a shake-up in in the community system as well as people are still being suppressed here in Alabama. Suppressed every day by Walmart and other places that like we don't really pay attention to. But like, you know, they we, they got our minds so backwards, like where people, black people of color, they instead of helping each other, they tear each other down and they and it's really it's it's really sad because like in the end we all we got but like, like not like the little guy in the rap song, he said like all white people are racist and all black people are dumb. So like, when you look at that, it's like a 50-50 chance when you see a color person or a white person. So we like, so but I mean, it ain't, it ain't to the point where you, have, you might get ran off the road and uh, Billy Bob and his, his little gang might try to shoot you. It's or something a little like. bit different it, from 40 years ago right. compared to today, right? Right. It's more right. systematic. Right. It's more uh, political. It's more to get you caught up in the system. Right. To make sure that you're doing your time to do slave labor while you're in the system, correct? Right. And then and my concept was, you know, I used to be out there in the streets heavy and I said, like, why would I go to prison and work for free when I could work, make an honest living and live 
and make some kind of income because it's really they don't it's, it's like lower alabama they really alabama really don't pay people for for their work and it's this part like down here it's like more people like that's been stable with businesses and stuff like that and they end with the mayor if they cousin or auntie might be married to the mayor and and uh, city councilmen, so it's like it's still like the rich get richer and the poor get poor. You well, know pretty much what you're saying is if you're connected, you're always going to stay connected. But if you don't achieve what I call the jump over the line of education, receiving credentials, you pretty much are stuck in this pattern of really trying to avoid of being caught up in the system. That's right. Okay, if anything, uh, I remember. I've been out here, this is my second time out here, okay? For anybody that's ever been to the Deep South, it's definitely a different type of flavor, okay? Uh, I remember meeting this young lady. She was uh, actually a black lady, right? And she said that her grandfather tried to sleep with her. And because she said no, the grandfather actually accused her of stealing his car when she got arrested and sent to jail for two months or something like that. And the DA actually dropped the case because it was a false arrest because she actually bought the car from her grandfather. And so now she, at that time period, was suing the state of Georgia for a false arrest when she got arrested. How often does like uh, incest go on here in, in the Deep South in general? I mean, it, it runs way back. I mean, I heard, I heard a lot of stories about like people in different little small towns. <clears throat> they sleep with their cousins and have babies and stuff. I mean, it, it, it goes on because, like, if you get around these little small towns, they're really not, it's really not that many people. Then, like, it's like, then people grow up and they move away from there to go try to make a better living. And then the people that stay, most of some of them, half of them are kin to each other. Mm -hmm. So then it's really like, they don't have no other people, like, like to even must sleep with. So it don't be like they read a lot but of people. They recycle in their small towns. It's not like they move to a city right. and expose themselves to who they are. They just kind of keep it in their small towns and they're pretty much known as small towns of who they are. Right. Uh, a perfect example, if I had to say, would be Jerry Lee Lewis, who happened to marry a family member and had kids by a family member, right? Right. And so this is something that actually could be problematic with actually changing the vibration of what you're talking about, correct? Right. All right. And so this is what we're here, folks. We're here in Enterprise, Alabama. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we're here with Michael Reynolds. He is uh, 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 definitely uh, what I call one of my spiritual energies. He is a person of power. And so we're speaking with him today uh, about certain things that he wants to bring off his chest. We'll be right back after a short message. Fresh food for the fresh body. What goes in fresh comes out healthy. Be sure to visit your local farmer's market. And trust me, you'll feel much better. For those in search for inner peace, stop by Sacred Sun, Essentials for Life Balance. Just a short walk from the La Mesa trolley. Visit us at 8239 La Mesa Boulevard or call us at 619-467-7073 for more details. We're open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tuesdays through Saturdays. And we hope to see you soon. Hola, somos La Joyería Azul. Estás escuchando el show de radio del burrito. We are back with the Burrito Radio Show in Enterprise, Alabama. The Burrito Radio Show is actually on the road doing a couple episodes. And now I'd like to focus our attention to the health of... Uh, I guess the health narrative of today with the COVID-19, AKA Corona, AKA uh, pandemic 
or pandemic, depending on what kind of person you are. Um, now, coming from California, it's I would say somewhat of a of some type of chaos because you, we, California has so many people, and so many people have their own opinions, and definitely the businesses were hurting during the first few months, and so some businesses were so hardcore on keeping the narrative of social distance, wear a mask, prevent this virus from spreading. Whereas other places in California or other people are trying to say, look, this is not as contagious as people think it is. Uh, if we do herd immunity, we'll be all right. The numbers does not equate to actually putting everybody down on some lockdown where you can't really associate with people. In other words, so many businesses have been going belly up and actually pretty much folding from this. So, but out here in Alabama, I like, uh, I like Michael Rittas to actually explain how the situation is out here in Alabama. Please give us a little insight on the COVID-19 uh, situation out here. Well, to me, really, I, I'm, I'm, I really agree with you on a lot of things that you said and about trying to explain the COVID-19 because I, I do my own research and I also, I watch, um, I watch the news, you know, I, I watch CNN, MSNBC, I watch Fox News, but, uh, you know, I don't get too much wrapped up in it. I, I really look at what, really what, they, what they're saying and how my local government is, like, treating the situation. And how, how, how are they treating the situation, please? It's like they mandated, like, you got to have mandatory, like, if you go inside a grocery store, you go inside a Walmart, you got to have a mask on. You go inside of a doctor's office, nursing, uh, something like that. You got to, uh, you know, special care dentist office. You got to have a, a mask on. And so, like, but now you get, like, stores, like, some grocery stores and some gas stations, like, they don't they don't really care about it. It seems like they're more caring about their own little shield. The recovery of the situation they went through. Right. They, one thing they want to keep going is knowing that they making their sales and they getting their pocket fatter. Now, hold on a second. Now, most people, from what I from what I gather, that are Donald Trump followers or Donald Trump voters are not necessarily looking at this as uh, something that's serious. In other words, they're looking at it as a, more of a pandemic, so they don't wear their mask, correct? That's correct. But the people that are actually uh, hardcore Democrats, somebody that's on the other side, they're kind of looking at this as being pretty serious. Right, right. Now, what is your opinion? Do you think this is serious or do you think this is a hoax? I, I really think that it's, 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 it was something that was planned by somebody and when it was when they when it unfolded they didn't realize how far that it was going to go so it's, it's looking like it was a plan but it's, it's something else that's getting it's something like a conspiracy theory to me because like you know you got this saying like two hundred thousand close to two hundred thousand deaths but you you you, you saying that but you're not saying how many people had health problems, how many people was homeless, how many people was already having, you know, heart problems, breathing problems. So when you throw that number out there, you know, like some people were saying that they was getting like COVID-19 when it first came out with the little stimulus checks. Well, as soon as their family member died, it was like, oh, they died from COVID-19. And then they was already having pre-existing health problems and they was going to the government like, well, my family member died from COVID-19. So it was like a way that it was, it was something like that was tried to really get the people's attention to try to go one direction in a, in a, in a, in a lot of aspects. It went in another direction. So now, do, you, do, you, do you yourself know anybody that passed away from COVID-19 coronavirus? I know one person, they said they died from COVID-19. And that one person, how old were they? It was probably close to 50 or a little over 50. Close, close to 50. And were they in what I call pretty great shape, average shape, or not in great shape? No, he wasn't in great shape at all. He was like a little over heavy set and like... When you say over heavy set, I'm talking about... Like, was he, like, obese? Or was he, like, somebody that just was, like, pretty heavy 
but he could have got better if he just, you know. I think he had hit the obese mark. Because like when you look at people that like, like got help, like that the, the are overweight, when you look at the, the person's size, their height, and what they weigh for their height, it's like some people that gain a little extra weight for as they being they, they height, like maybe you 60 or 70 pounds over for your height. Okay, now that's something manageable. When you start hitting over 100 and plus pounds overweight, then it's a problem. So the person that passed away at 50 was pretty much borderline, probably obese, according to medical. Diabetic, something like that. Right? Yeah. And so, therefore, he was already on a verge. Now, I know somebody that passed away that was pretty obese at the age of 50 as well. It was like, not necessarily during COVID, it was like a couple of years ago, right? And so when you get to a situation where you're 50 years old and obese, at any moment, you actually pretty much are taking a risk on your health. Right. Cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes, sugar, all that. And now there's a probably, uh, not just Alabama, but in the South period of a lot of people being obese. Right. Now, why do you think that is? Because, I mean, like, it's it's... it's it's really like when you go back to like the economic, you know, it's really like a monopoly. See, like you get people like down here in the grocery stores and stuff like that. For the healthy food, they charge you more. Food that's good for you down here, it costs more. The food that's unhealthy is cheaper. So then when you get somebody that's living, that's working and living an average working person life, they're they really trying to budget their money so it don't really be like they really trying to go into this thing like they thinking about their health they really not but they, 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 they really going on just trying to survive and make it so when you get caught up in that when you're saying like well okay then I guess we'll eat burgers tonight because you know my check was kind of low and I had to uh, pay the rent or something like that so then you got a person that's deciding to eat unhealthy because they have, that's what they have to eat to get by. Well, we're talking about mainly people actually not really cooking and actually eating out. We need not eating other people's food, which is not necessarily the best diet that a person could have. Right. Right. You're talking about people that are not eating nutritional food. Right. But more like food that actually put weights on them. Right. And Going to McDonald's and stuff like that. You know, just because you can get a value meal. You might got children, you know, kids like to eat McDonald's and stuff like that. So what? Then when you, somebody that's um, trying to budget and live a normal life, you know, and, and you know, everybody falls on hard times, you know, and it's like a, it's like, it's like a routine. So like, you know, what, what you, if you got a, you're a working person, you know about what you're going to bring home for work. You know, when your, your bills do, your light bills, your rent and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's somewhat really like, it's a, it's like, uh, like you said, it's a press. It's like where they're gonna keep like people normally, like in the black community, they keep them down to be able to not be able to afford food that's healthy. And then they, they budget it out with the unhealthy food. So it's not that they really not really caring about their, their, their health. It's like they forced into- Or maybe being uh, what I call- Suppressed. Uh, not suppressed, but maybe um, kind of like tricked or not. It's like a it's like a slide thing. For example, let's take cold cereal, okay? Cold cereal is something that is not necessarily healthy, but it's not gonna kill you right away. Right. So if a person eats cold cereal every day with the milk, whatever, if you want know cold cereal they get, it's not gonna happen within let's say the first ten years of them just eating cold cereal, right? Right. But at over time, because the cold cereal itself is just what I call a, a a, a mismanaged nutritional supplement. In other words, they are they don't put the actual nutrients that they need in cold cereal for the body to be totally healthy. Right. So if you eat cold cereal once, it's not a big deal. But if you eat cold cereal every single pretty much on a regular basis, I get cold cereal, all the sugar, cold cereal, milk, sugar, 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 and all these things that come about, and then we become addicted to sugar. Right. And that's my whole point. I noticed that, um, okay, so tonight we went out to the club, right? And we went out to the club, I noticed that a lot of people 
are pretty much either borderline uh, obese or somebody that really needs to really consider like to change their diet but people won't people will still eat the greasy food the uh, the meats uh they'll still eat they'll still overcook the vegetables they won't really eat raw vegetables or close to raw vegetables how can we get the mindset to change or will it ever change down in in the south i mean that, that goes back to people like just willing to accept what they what their life what direction their life going into because like if you if you get somebody that's not trying to elevate themselves or learn about what they need to to do or what kind of food they need to, to keep them healthy then they won't never you know what i'm saying they won't never change you know like and then, and then sometimes people get ready to say okay oh obesity obesity fell down on me oh diabetes fell down oh it run through my family but you you got to think about what are you consuming inside your body you know it's like you know we eat a lot of starch and eat a lot of sugar and stuff that don't our body don't break down and then they're wondering why we yeah, have combining with the lifestyle that people live right and that you throw in the alcohol or you throw in maybe the smoking right you throw in maybe like you know like just whatever all of a sudden it becomes this we don't even want to exercise we don't even right. want to go for a walk we don't want to like do things to even make ourselves even more healthier instead we'd rather be more kind of like complacent right so um out here in down south um how, how would you actually look at the future in other words is it going to get better or is it going to always be where you're going to have this we have this way down south. It's never going to really change because I get all the time that yo, this is south. This is the way it is. It's never going to change. I mean, it's it's something more like just like when you go to some bigger cities up north, it's like they stick to some something like a, a cold that they live by. But it's like you got a lot of people that live in the south, and then they be overweight and they be eating unhealthy food all the time. They just feel like okay, they living their best life. As long as they being able to feed themselves and not asking nobody to feed them, and it's like they don't, it's like they really not worrying about their health. But as soon as they get sick, then that's when they, oh, uh, I need to do this and I need to do that. Well, and then a lot of people don't have that second chance because like, like sugar and blood pressure and stuff like that, it's not really nothing to play with because, you know, like strokes and heart attacks and all that stuff come behind that. And it's, it's kind of sad that people would like really stay in denial about how they need to carry themselves. Now, when we first met, how much weight have you lost since we first met? Which was a few years ago. How, how much weight have you lost? I think I, since I met you, I think I've lost about somewhere about 35 pounds. 35 pounds. So you've taken more consciousness about what you do when it comes down to certain things in your life. So, right, right. Yeah. And so. Um, I gotta say this if we don't get people to understand that nutritional value actually gives quality thoughts to your brain then how can we expect our young people to actually respect of what we're teaching them if we're not teaching them the true value of what nutrition is I mean then like when you go say with young people it's like somewhat got to do deal with their parents like how how they were raised and how like the type of stuff that like uh like they, their parents prepare food like pork and pig feet and all this stuff like that and chitlins and which you know it's like traditional eating but at the same time it's like they're not giving warning signs like telling their kids like okay well we can eat this type of stuff but it's not nothing that you want to just be hooked on you know what i'm saying so they don't they don't teach and they don't educate their kids on it so once they don't fed their kids this shit until they get old enough then this thing you know you, you go by little sue house and she old enough to start cooking and you walk through the house she got a pot full of pig feet and you know it's like if if, if, if the parents if the parents don't take the responsibility of letting their kids know in the, in the learning stage about that health and keeping themselves up up the part of their uh, good health and eating the right things, keeping themselves dehydrated, I mean hydrated, you know, drinking water and stuff like that, and natural things, 
you know, it's, it's going to be sad. It's just going to be because I, I was in the store the other day and I seen this little kid. I mean, he couldn't have been no more than about 13 years old. And he was bigger than me. I'm talking about, he was like about 200, almost 300 pounds. And he probably about two. He, he couldn't have been no more than about 12 or 13. I'm like, and I was like, God damn, what is this kid? What is this kid is eating? You know, it's like, and it's like, and it's, it's like, and, and you know he's not old enough to buy his own food, so his his parents are really feeding him this. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, like you said, it's like, what what if we had it? And it's, it's it's really sad because like nowadays kids don't they you see them they want to get home and get on get out of school. Now they really doing school at home. Like they probably go to school like two days a week. Kids get out of school, they don't go outside. They, they you know this pandemic thing. They, they got them scared, but before then it was video games and watching internet and on computers and all type of things and not doing no exercise and going outside just playing like riding bicycles and like how I was great raised up. I we want to just want to stay outside every day to the to the to the lights come on to get dark. Okay. Listening to the, the Burrito, Burrito Radio, Radio Show. Hey, you guys. We're over here at uh, Marcella June's Coffee Lounge. Our address is 8513 La Mesa Boulevard. We sell uh, herbal medicine and coffee and tea, and we're working on a lot of community projects uh, to get some massage therapy going in with all this. Um, you can reach us at 619-504-9494. Uh, we're open Monday through Friday again. Please come on by. Thank you very much. Two B One has a game called None is Perfect Billiards. It is a game based on points, stroke play, pretty much. Uh, you get to find out what your score would be in comparison to the pros. It's one of the better games that's out there, and it's new and fresh for the 21st century. If you'd like to be on the players list or participate in one of the games or videos, contact None Is Perfect Billiards at nipbilliards at gmail.com. Get on the players list and take part in the fun today. Hello, this is Ricky Elliott. I work under the umbrella of Prime America. And what we do is we teach families to earn more income, become properly protected, debt-free, and financially independent. My contact information is 619-867-1053. to the Burrito Radio Show, your host, 2B1 Energy, out here in Enterprise, Alabama, the Deep South, y'all. Um, some things out here that just don't go on anyplace else at the same time, it has a lot of great vibration out here, too, so don't get it stuck. They call it the sticks. Anyway, we want to talk about, uh, in this next segment, about black poverty, and pretty much. Poverty in general, because it's it causes a lot of issues between different sectors of races because of the poverty, but black poverty has been prevalent historically. And I would like to talk uh, about, we're here with Michael Reynolds. Um, you being a local person in Enterprise, what's your take on why black poverty has existed or who's responsible for it? Uh, I'm going to say... I believe we're responsible for black poverty is the lawmakers, the black lawmakers, the, the black uh, politicians, the black 
Now, why you just say black? Is it because? Is it because? I mean, like that sounds like kind of, kind of like a reverse racism in a way. Why just black politicians? No, because if, I mean, if you sit back and just uh, look at, if you somebody that can make a difference, and you sit back and and, and don't put the effort to make things change. Or try to want to see things change, then you're guilty of it. I mean, because like you know uh, how how America was, was was built, you know, like from all those years of slavery and things that come along, like you know, like why why has it haven't got no better? And I mean, you can just point the finger at a lot of people, but you know, it's like. You got black people that's, that's, that's in high places. Are you trying to say that the black politicians have assimilated to the white politicians' theory to make sure that the black race is oppressed? It's, 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 that's exactly what I'm saying. So that they can keep their job and they can send their child to school and they can keep living in a suburb uh, house or uh, community. But, but but what I'm saying is like because they stable, they're not gonna they're not gonna go against the person who paying them. They check. They're not gonna go cut. They they make sure they they even let they lights get turned off. But they not doing nothing to help nobody else of color. They making sure that they kids tuition paid. Well, let me let me let me. Okay, let me put it like this. If the black politicians, according to you, have not done much, it, I mean, isn't there something that they've done? Like, for example, there's a politician by the name of, a former politician who passed away a long time ago, but by the name of George Stevens, and they built this plaza for people to be able to go shopping, grocery store, they have all these little different stores, but they do have what they call major player corporations that also run the shop too. Like they have a Starbucks, a Wells Fargo. And so it's not necessarily always mom and pops. Are you right. saying that even though that George Stevens put that plaza there, it's not really beneficial to black folks because they're not really owning anything. Right. And that, that's the whole that's the whole point. You know, the uh the oppressor he, he, I mean, he, they, they gonna, they gonna go down like the, like a chain of command. They gonna make sure they got somebody, they gonna, they gonna, they gonna keep up all the chaos and hide behind closed doors. They gonna make sure they front car, they, they front face is gonna be a black face. And the black face is gonna be, he gonna get ran like on a puppet on the screen. Okay, so in your opinion, what is the job of a politician if the politician is not willing to help out their people? That's, that, that's, 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 my, that's my whole point. And that's why it's so important that people get out and vote. People, and then, I mean, you know, you got people that run for positions and, to, and people that get, when you get elected them, you're supposed to be able to hold those people accountable for, hey, I remember when you was campaigning. You said that me and uh, my neighbor, that we both living with uh, turkeys and chickens running around in my front yard, that I was going to be able to come up out of this. You told me those things. You said these type things. And you got to hold those people accountable because... I mean, they get uh, they get elected to go inside of them, but what do they do when they get there? Okay, let's take it back a little bit. Let's let's take it back. Okay, <clears throat> when we say black politicians, we're not really talking about just black politicians, right? We're talking about the whole political se sector, right? We're not just talking about it. It don't matter. The politics of black poverty exists, right? right? And. It's because black pe people, most of them, don't own anything. I mean, what do we own? What do you own right now that's uh, significant for for the world? What do you own? Um, the pair of bedroom shoes I got on, the, on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like you own uh, 
a lot of property. It's not like you, the only property you own is probably something that's just beneficial for your advancement uh, day by day, but not necessarily gaining a big major step in a major way year by year. Right. Right, living paycheck to paycheck, everybody's what one disaster away from actually being in a bad situation. Yeah, one blow tick from a disaster. Make sure you don't. <laughs> so, a lot of it actually stems from not knowing that much on how to accumulate wealth, right? Or how to manage wealth once you do accumulate it. That's right. Right. Um, here's a good example. Black folks, in my opinion, have this, what I call disease of just being a consumer, of just settling, of not really being an inventor or not really trying to create anything. We have, we, but we've, I think we've come across this systematically through the enslavement. Now, uh, as far as like in the Southern states, why do you think this continues to exist? Because in other places like the North, or other places like the West Coast, or even across the globe, it's a little bit different thought process when you're talking about black poverty. They don't think about black poverty is thing as, as it just being of look, if you got education, you can move forward, you do what you do. But down south here, it just seems like it just stays the same. Can you explain this, why? What I'm gonna say is like this. Um, you got people that, that got education and, 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 and there's doctors and lawyers, black, blacks that are like doctors and lawyers, but it's 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 like it's, it's like this generation. It's like people. Uh, I, I I I'm gonna say like people don't. If, if, it's like if if, it, if it, it's like black people in the south, they they show love how they want to show love. If, if, if it ain't happening, nobody in their family, they don't really care about. It. You know, like I'm gonna say, like I mean, they gonna they'll tell you they love you, and they, they they might pray for you, but I mean, they're not gonna make sure that you got no no loaf of bread on your table or or no groceries inside your refrigerator. They they not they they not finna. So, but now that's not they that's not their duty. But here it is, you got people. The reason why, and I, and I'm gonna fault some somewhat of our own people. Because you have to get up and say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, you have to get to a point where you say, I don't want to live like this no more. I don't want to live like my auntie that live in a, I don't want to live like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be like my, <clears throat> my, uh, my people that went on ahead of me and it was like they didn't have nothing. So it's like, it's, it, it goes to your, your, the person's own thought process. Well, in other words, uh, we're talking about parental, like, uh, guidance. Right. Like, we're not really teaching our children right. about economics. Right. We're not really teaching our children about the pathway to financial uh, prosperity. Right. Instead, we're just teaching them what? What are we teaching them down south? Because, for example, even me, my mother never talked to me about economics. My mother never really talked to me about these kind of things, nor my father really. It right. was just about hard, work hard, go get a job. Right. Work hard, go get a job, right. go get educated. And I think this is the same common theme amongst most black families. Right. They don't really go deep into it. They just give you like the superficial thing. Right. Do you find that to be true here? Like they don't really talk about these kind of things? Well, I'm, I'm gonna say like this. You got some parents that take their time out to to, 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 to to try to teach their kids the, uh, <clears throat> the the fundamentals of life that you know you need to have a job you need to you know uh, try to get get an education but now you get back to the, the, the point like what they when they tell their kid that then what what impact are they really making on them what they when they tell them that then they go into the room and they shut the door on the kid and now the kid is on social media and listen to all this rap music and all well, I think that's the, I think that's the major I think that's a major issue. I think it's not just that. We're we're talking about most parents see 
the uh, golden wealth as coming from sports or entertainment or some type of you know uh, way to get out of these poverty issues. So if you can run fast, if you're super big and strong, you can keep a clean life, you have a chance to make it out of there. Right. But that's the wrong philosophy to take right. for everybody. Right. We're gonna take a short pause real quick. Uh, but this is, a, like I said, one of those, um, it's one of those things that it's a very difficult equation. We're gonna come back and talk a little bit more about uh, black poverty and what we can actually do to help get out of that uh, situation as a group. And we hope you'll come back and stay tuned for it. This is the Burrito Radio Show. Terry from Amethyst Moon. We're located at 8329 La Mesa Boulevard. We'd like to remind you that we're open for business and we have new store hours Tuesday through Saturday 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. We'll see you soon. Having troubles with your electronic products? including your cell phone, or maybe it's your laptop. Well, the Nerd Repair Center, located on El Cajon Boulevard, can help you out. Give them a call at 619-363-4210. They're located at 3829 El Cajon Boulevard. Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For over 100 years, San Diego Shade has been covering windows all over San Diego County. Whether you want roller shades, cellular shades, shutters, you're looking for an automated awning to go over your patio, you want some exterior roller shades to block the sun out, we're the company to go to. We're located conveniently in Miramar area at 7354 Trade Street. You can reach us on the phone at 619-287-8863. You can also check out our website at sandiegoshade.com. I look forward to covering your windows soon. show down south. I always not, now and then try to do my little southern accent just mess around, you know what I'm saying? They laugh at me, but they still, you still sound like you're from Jamaica, so don't try. No, but anyway, this is 2B1 Energy here with Michael Reynolds. We're talking about black poverty, uh, something that uh, actually is, is very sad in a way because the drugs have really been implanted so deep in the black community as well as the fornication of women selling themselves cheaply to get the dollar just to survive. We, we don't really talk about these things in the news, nor in, in public, or even to your family, but these things are happening, and it's for real. If you go online, you'll see a lot of online sites out there soliciting just to, just, you know, to get the cheap dollar. It could be you know, just a, a video or audio or it could be the actual thing. But this is how poverty works, folks. People are desperate to do anything to make sure that they survive. Now, as far as I'm concerned, down here down south, okay, this past weekend I went to a nightclub. The nightclub was filled with a lot of folks that were mostly black. I think it was probably about 99% black. What do you think? Pretty cool. Uh, pretty close yeah so um all the people in there were in there drinking having a great time dancing dj playing all the songs and here we are supporting all the alcohol companies 
supporting all the record companies and losing money in the process and having a good time and somebody's going to go home with somebody and everybody, somebody's going to make babies and somebody's going to get into arguments and fights and drugs are going to be sold, you know, or people are going to go home and get ready to go to church, whatever the case may be, but there's nobody really making any money except for the owner and maybe uh, a couple of waitresses and the DJ, including the food vendor, okay? So this is the kind of thing where we have what I call this uh, hypothetical way of getting out of poverty by supporting the black club owner. Uh, how do you see this as a fix to help rid ourselves of the same old thing that we keep on going through? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's like you said, it's just it's sad and they really can't even acknowledge it, but um, you know, the club owner, He's he he's somewhat seem seem like he giving people the opportunity to go uh, have a drink and maybe uh, drink away your privacy and not to be thinking about what you're gonna go back home to. And after a while, years and years go by, of people thinking the same way, is uh, nothing changed because, like you said, you know. The, the, uh, systematic way of the pressure. Right. The, 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 the Budweiser companies and the uh, vodka companies and all that. As well as the soda companies because you're voting uh, vodka and 7-Up or you know, orange juice or Jack and Coke or something like that. Yeah. Orange juice. You got yeah. the pineapple companies over here making money because they got to make the cherries and all this other stuff. Right. And you got all the rappers making money because the DJ's playing the music, right? Right. And you got the girls out there shaking the booties, right? Right, right. Now, here's my thing, okay? Now, you know about this, and I know about this. I'm not trying to be egotistical, but I got to. I came up with a game called None is Perfect Billiards, right? A lot of a few people play the game. Pretty much anybody that's played the game has had a great time playing the game. Right. Now, this game, to me, could be something of a significance to help people realize that we don't have to bust our heads open we don't to have a good time. Right. We don't have to have a drink or even do drugs to have a good time. Right. You can use your brain in many different ways. Right. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I came up with this game. Um, what do you think uh, that you have on your side of the down south vibration that could be done here down south across the board that can do something like that to help get people away from this thought processes at the same time You'll be able to utilize their their skills, their cognitive skills. Well, well, I, I was I was thinking about putting like this little the show every week, like where people can come in and and if you have a talent of being uh, anything from a far as arts and crafts, poetry, poem, singing. Uh, doing, uh, playing any instrument, rapping, anything that you feel that you got talent, talent to do, you know, and being able to uh, release your, you know, your, your the, the inside, the inner, the inner part that, that gives up that the energy to to show somebody that hey, you know, uh, we, we 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 have these skills. And that some people are, are afraid to even express their feelings, or they are are they are they talent because they may be shy. They think that they're, they're not ta they're not talented enough to be in front of people. So the the, the, the show was going to give people opportunity to get up and show that the star that they are that they, that they, they are, and they're able to let, let they light shine. And I, and I want to do it for the community so, so that, you know, that it give uh, a little kid maybe hope or, 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 or an adult. To look towards something different, right? To look towards something to different. To go towards a different light rather than just to go to the club owner shake your booty light. Right, right. right. So and and uh, as far as like, um, sounds like, like some type of variety show. Right. So, what do you want? To, what would you call this variety show? Do you already have something in mind? Well, I, yeah, I had, I, I named it. You know, and I've been working on it for the last couple of years. It's called uh, Three Three Four Stardom. Three Three Four Stardom. Three Three Four Stardom. 
And, and, and what is that significant? What's the three three four? What's that? Well, three three four is the area code. Around, well, you know, area code from Montgomery. Well, part of Mon- Montgomery down down to it. You know, down this way, part of Alabama. Right. Like, uh, and that's the three three four. And but you got two oh five and two five one above Montgomery and Birmingham. So but you want to start here first. So if you if you go somewhere else, you call it their area code start. Right, right. Well, well, you go in and you can showcase your talent, and not and not so much of like you know, not being able to this say like you oh I I, I don't want to show my talent because I'm not going to get a record deal, you know, and and and, and that's that's not really. It's, it's, that's really not the platform that I'm trying to, to make. The platform I'm trying to make is to, to show people that you do have, you, you is a star. It takes a star to be able to get in front of a bunch of strangers. Right. So with that encouragement, that that right there lonely by itself, you, you are a star. And I, that gives the next person hope. The next person to say, I can follow my dream. That I, that I, they can get a chance to go and express themselves and feel like they have their ability to say, hey, I, I might can get a record deal. I might can put my, my art inside of the store and make millions of dollars. But it has to start somewhere. And, w- w- and what I'm bringing that in, it, 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 it probably was already in some people's hearts, but I want to give that back to them. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, being from, you know, born in California, for us, it's easier for us to get around and socialize and do these kind of things. But down south, I noticed that there's not too much free speech that you can get up there and do these kind of things where you just have a, a building and you just get up there and you start doing a free speech, you know, whether it's dancing, poetry, singing, rapping, or just, you know, speaking on a subject that is, you know, how, how come it hasn't really taken off out here? Like... There's no open mics where you can just get up there and just do whatever you want. Well, no, I I, I haven't seen any, and I, I can't say I, I don't be everywhere. But I mean, they used to do this thing called uh, the talent shows called putting on the hits, and uh, it was like a, a, a showcase where people can do their talent. And and I guess it got died out because you know, you know, when you have football games and you know small towns and that, you know. It, it kind of separates the, the things that people really want to do. Because, you know, if you get... So traveling is an issue to do these things, right? In other words, you can have a, a spot, but then traveling to that spot from where you come from could be an issue. Yes, yeah, it could Because you work all day or you work all these hours. Right. And, you know, your time is short. You want to get home, take a shower, eat. And by that time, you have to really, really want to get up and go right. to some place, location. Right. You know. So, so it's an effort. It's, it's really an effort uh, thing. Do you, you think, put, do you think this free speech could really help black property? I, I believe it can because, like, it gives it gives the, the platform to be able to for anybody that got a business or anybody that got you can come there and, and, and to the show. And and, and and you have the freedom to speak. You can you can get up there and, and, and say whatever you want to say, as long as it's positive. And with that platform, I'm thinking that the crowd that, that I want to touch the brain would be the ears that need to hear these type things. No, so this 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 is a southern. You can you can do this down south. You think the southern people down here would really accept something like this? Yeah, I mean, as long as it's like I, I, it's, it's people that. You know, like I like like you know everybody that's that's that's, that's black is not dumb down south. Everybody that's white. Well, I'm not saying dumb. I'm just saying like right. It's no. about motivation, right? And everybody that's white down south ain't prejudiced, ain't racist. But the moral of the story is, I feel like if it's a good, clean atmosphere, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, no fight, no guns, and all that type of thing, I believe it could be something. You know, I mean, and and, and then I, I feel like it's a, it's a very good opportunity because. Nothing, nothing more important right now is going on with the racism. It could bring the black and the white a little bit more closer in these south parts around here. Mm. Yeah, you know, because the racism still exists. 
And like, like his, they, they were not getting hung in the streets and the police is not shooting us down. But it's still systematic, like we, we talked earlier, but but it's, it's, it's like it still give a platform like, hey, it might be a police officer's uh, daughter or a police officer's son. So in other words, you're saying that something like this could help bring races together right. and actually to be able to learn from each other by expressing what you're looking to express. Right. You're not trying to limit this to just one type of race and we're going to just talk about black power. No, you're not talking like that. No. You're, you're more talking about... Let's have like some type of variety show and have a total free speech type right, of thing. Right. Where you where you get up there and away from the dancing, DJ, whatever, alcohol scene, away from uh, you know, where it's just black and white or whatever, it's a total mix. Right, right. To and that's and that's really that's the only thing that when you when you can start having things like that and then White and black people are doing doing right by each other. That's when the start of the United States becoming a great state. Okay, and you feel like this could help great the country. poverty situation, but the poverty system goes way more deeper than that. It goes way deeper than that, but it's the platform where people that really want to make a difference can get a chance to be able to speak. They have their voice being heard. Well. I'm going to say it like this. Um, one of the things that really hurts the poverty is the greed. Right. The greed amongst people that really got it, it really hurts the poverty. It means that they don't care about the poverty. Right. Um, I was just watching this video earlier today. They said in order to have a capitalistic society, you need poverty. Unfortunately, uh, not everybody wants to be in poverty. Right. But like I said before... Sometimes when you don't have that motivation to get out to do something about it is when you have it where it's generation after generation after generation because nobody's teaching how to do it. Right. Okay. Uh, this is, like I said, one of those sensitive topics. We hope we touch a little bit of souls out there in regards of looking to help out the poverty situation more so than to be a part of the greed that really suppresses. I want to give a message to some of the black folks out there is to remember this, is to remember that being a consumer is almost like being a, a, somebody who just gobbles up everything but really is getting nothing because you're, a person is collecting things for their own purpose rather than for the community. Right? So, just remember this, is that for every dollar that you spend, remember where that dollar goes and remember if it comes back. Because that's where it's at. What you need is you need to have the money churn and money make sure it makes your money rather than spending a dollar on a processed food burger and you know the money's not coming back. But yet, you might go have a heart attack and go to the hospital because you didn't think about how many burgers you ate and how many dollars you gave up. This is a message from 2B1 Energy, y'all. Remember, stop letting the oppressor, stop supporting the oppressor. Stop supporting the oppressor. Remember where your dollar goes, okay? 2B1 Energy out here in Enterprise, Alabama. I'd like to thank my guest, Michael Reynolds, today, a local legendary uh, he has an audio recording called Never Had a Chance. Be sure to check that out. You have one last final message for my audience out there, Michael Reynolds. Yeah, and this, uh, you know, to the people across the world, you know, like I was just saying, in order for, like, Donald Trump uh, make a statement to make, uh, make the United States, to make America great again. You know, great, America has never been great ever in my book. But, until we, as a people, human beings, start doing right by each other, by each other, whites and blacks doing right by each other. For other races too. For, and brown, all, everybody start doing better for each other. Until then, until then, the United States will never, ever be great. 
Never, ever, ever. We have to start doing things to make our, our neighbors feel good, feel great. You, gotta, you know, love each other. That's it, bro. And that sounds like some southern hospitality message, y'all. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Michael Reynolds. Thank this you, is bro. the Burrito Radio Show. If you'd like to send us a message, just all you have to do is uh, click on, uh, give us, send us a message. We'll send you the link, and perhaps we can like uh, find another subject topic that you want to hear about. This is your host, 2B1 Energy, and we'd like to let you know it's still one motion. So ride the wave of life. It's still one motion, so ride the wave of life.